Hi, it's me, Michelle, ahead of tonight's episode of Spotlight. Please be aware that since recording the interview with Simon, unfortunately, the Gry concert he mentioned has had to be cancelled due to COVID concerns. But fear not, Simon and I still had a great chat about lots of things, including True and Falls's brand new single. Enjoy the programme! Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the programme dedicated to celebrating arts on our island. I'm Michelle James. On today's programme, I chat with Simon Ray from Truman Falls ahead of their annual Christmas event. New Celtic collaboration is on the way for Isla Callister. And the village blinger Annie Eastham is in the studio and talking all things sparkle and joy. Up first is Simon from Truman Falls. Having Simon in the studio, it allowed me to get a bit of a history lesson on how Truman Falls, the band, was formed. I was living in London. I moved away with uh, friends of mine back in, I think it was about 95, 96 and lived in London trying to find fame and fortune, got nowhere at all. <laughs> and it got to about 2000 I was writing with my friend Paul Tier. We started writing a couple of songs together. I came back to Yarla Man to my great friend Dave Armstrong, who's got his own studio over here and awesome producer. And we started recording songs here. And I thought, I've gone away to find fame and fortune and all I need is right here. You know, just the, the idea of being able to get up in the morning and go to the recording studio is... Is, is the stuff of a madman's dream in London. So I, I moved back, and as soon as we did that, the album fell together, and we got Little Happy Hells out in 2003. And then we had a long break where I just wrote and wrote and wrote, and then we did the next album in 2005. We'd, we've just been continued doing that, and now we're up to this state where we've got the next album, one that's a way out, but we're releasing singles. And how would you describe the style of Truman Falls? The song, it's always always about the song, let the song do the work, find a, a, just a, a, a good song, what I define as a good song. I just love recording, writing and recording. I find it very therapeutic, and I can't do anything else as good. What comes first for you? Is it is it the music? Is it the lyrics? Is it the tune? It's, Every song is a different personality in itself. Really? So, I mean, this the, the album we're recording at the moment is titled Silver Day. And the reason for that is because all the songs I've either was around Silverdale, the songs aren't all about Silverdale, but Silverdale's mentioned a couple of times. But um, it's it's a very, very loose concept in the fact that as I was starting to write the songs, I would go to Silverdale and get some sort of inspiration from there. I started thinking I should come here every time I've got a song ready. I should come here and do something here. Um, I've always loved Silverdale from a very, very young age. So I'm I thought, just picturing you on the um, on the roundabout here go. now. Yeah. They've moved the swings, you know. They're, they're, do you know where the roundabout was? Yeah. Right, about 20 foot away, there right. used to be a swing. Right. It's like four swings. Every year I used to go down there, every year. And I used to do the swing next to a tree. And if you got high enough, you could touch this branch. And they've moved it. They've made this sort of action castle, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> action castle. That's no inspiration for songwriting, I'm, is I'm, it? I'm gutted. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really... It's like my youth has been stolen from me. So the first thing I'm going to do when I make a billion pounds uh-huh. is I'm going to just 
put the reinstall the swing reinstall the swing yeah and what's it like comparing uh, working in a studio and recording work to playing live how does that affect your connection to the, the music it's lovely to see people singing along I mean that's a massive ego Rob it really, it really <laughs> is it really is it feels you kind of like wow I don't really do it for that but when to see people do it it's, it's quite bizarre the, the gigging I want to go somewhere that's special so playing out in the sun on a Sunday afternoon and people eating cake and just you don't have to be listening to you it's just the atmosphere of all and you just there is a moment where you just I mean this year to look out over the sea and go I'm actually singing on the cliff on the edge of the earth and it's a just a beautiful it's a beautiful feeling lots of creatives will have reacted quite differently to the 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 time that we've just gone through and still going through how did you as a as a musician how were you affected by the pandemic and and lockdown and whatnot i was very lucky in the respect that it didn't really change my way of writing because that's what i do i'm quite i I become quite insular and kind of go into my little nest and write so that didn't change at all really If, if anything it kind of gave me more time to do it the recording process was just blown out the window. And I know people like doing the Zooms and the doing stuff over the internet, but that's not how I work. I, lo- I love the interaction. Mm. So when I, well, I expect, especially like working with Dave, it's it's a very in-the-room interaction because all, all the best to the people who can do it, but it's I just find, I find it really hard. There's this lovely event that you do every year mm-hmm. at St Ninian's Church. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Well, this is our sixth year. Um, so six years ago... Uh, John Colwell, who's the vicar there, Super John Colwell, beautiful person. Um, I approached him and said, "Look, I want to do something, and I don't know what to do." And he said, "Well, come and play here." And I and said, "You know, and look for a charity that you believe in." My charity of choice became Gra because, well, Gray, how you want to pronounce it. Sorry, we picked that charity because of what they do, and and because at the time. Strange enough, it wasn't well known. So we do it every year. So all all the proceeds go to them. So the ticket sales, everything, everything that goes into the church goes straight to them. I would say, gun to the head, it's my favourite gig of the year. I mean, we don't even do any of our own material, but the atmosphere generated by the crowd singing is unbeatable. And how can we buy tickets for that? You can go to, um, online, you can go to jj at jeffjepson.com and reserve tickets or you can go through Truman Falls on Facebook and reserve tickets there or you can get in touch he's not he's going to love me for this or you can get in touch with uh, John Colwell at St. Ian's Church and say hey John Simon said you can get some tickets and he'll just go right so expect that response but yes. can we just turn up on the do- on the day yes you certainly can yes I mean um, there's a, I think it's about 200 capacity and we do get that many amount of people I try and book on but you know it's a church the doors are always open we'll find room amazing that sounds fantastic you've got an album coming in the new year yes. but on the run up to the album being released you're going to you're going to drip feeding us singles drip feeding that's a good word I'm going to be using that <laughs> yes well, well we got to the point where the album was starting to roll and I thought we're going to be here for ages and the, the, the wait from the first to the second album was just so long in this day and age of you don't need distribution, really. It's all done digitally for you. Mm-hmm. So we thought, why not just get the songs prepared and put them out? Kind of gives us more incentive to get the songs done. Getting them out there kind of keeps us in line of sight and line of ear. Let's have a listen to the new single that's out now. Can you introduce it? Yeah, the song is called If You Ever Had a Heart. 
Callister joins us from across the pond tonight in Glasgow to talk new Celtic collaboration. I asked Isla what it's like to be creating and performing Manx music, but being based in Scotland. Well, I went to the Bunskill Gilgach, uh, where I learned to speak Manx Gaelic and learned to sing traditional Manx songs and play uh, traditional Manx tunes um, on the fiddle um, and that's a massive part of my identity um, and I think the identity of the Isle of Man um, so you know playing the music connecting with traditional music from the Isle of Man and elsewhere as well um, I feel like that connects us back to home um, and connects us to you know lots of different Celtic uh, traditions and music from across the world you know you've got Scotland and Ireland Brittany, Wales, um, yeah, so it kind of uh, connects us back home, but also connects us to other small communities um, around the world, which um, I think is a lovely thing. And you're currently working and living in Glasgow. So much of your music and your work is so inspired by the island. What is it like to be kind of located off island, but but producing work that is has this sort of direct link to the Isle of Man? 
yes, I suppose um, living in Glasgow and um, being a Manx musician that plays a lot of Manx music, I talk a lot about the Isle of Man, um, uh, I think it gives me kind of a different perspective. You know, having left, um, I definitely feel a big pull back to the Isle of Man and to the traditional songs, the language, the music, the culture. Um, and yeah, maybe I have quite a romantic idea of it, you know, being away from home uh, and I get really homesick as well. So, um, you know, playing Manx music whilst I'm here and connecting with it um, is really important to me because, um, well, it connects me back home uh, and I feel connected to the Isle of Man. It's really cool to kind of be in Scotland and, and play with other folk that might not have heard Manx music before. They might not have heard Manx Gaelic before. So I love that as well, like being in a different place and getting to share, um, you know, the language, the music, the culture with other people as well. I, th- I think that's um, really special and something that I love about living in Glasgow. Yeah. You just mentioned there about connecting with other uh, musicians and particularly other Celtic musicians. What is that collaboration like? I love it. Um, I love collaborating with other musicians. Uh, and I think it's really interesting because it's a mixture. I think some people know a lot about the other kind of Celtic cultures. So, you know, um, say from the Isle of Man, like I know a lot about um, Irish and, and the Scottish language and stuff because we're so, we, we have so many similarities and it makes it so easy to connect in that way. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, in saying that, there's um, there's a uniqueness to every you know one of those languages or music or culture. Um, so it's really interesting um, getting together with other musicians or Gaelic speakers um, from these different communities because um, you know you share a lot, but also go oh that's different. Uh, and I think that's that's really cool. You know, we're part of this big, bigger community, but within that bigger community, we've got we've got our own things going on, um, which I think, which I think is really cool, um, and um, it's a great way to learn. You're yeah. currently working on a in within a collective with other um, artists from from Scotland, from Ireland, and from the Isle of Man, and this yeah. is a project that is um, about bringing spoken word, language, music and film all together. I'm a tiny part of this this big project and that's hopefully coming out in December uh, and it's kind of spearheaded by Marcus um, from Scotland um, and he wrote this poem called Arun Nakilia or Arun Nakilia as I would say in Max Gaelic uh, which kind of translates roughly to kind of Song of the Church um, and it was a poem he wrote a few years ago in Manx, uh, sorry, in Scottish Gaelic um, about monks, monk cells on the Isle of Man. So that was a really direct link to the Isle of Man but he's now taken it to uh, Calm Kill, which is Kilia, uh, which is an organisation uh, and funding body um, that's all about kind of bringing specifically Ireland and Scotland together uh, to celebrate their similarities and differences, but also the Isle of Man as well. So, um, yeah, they've funded this project and we've set this poem um, to uh, music. And so we've got three translations of the poem, uh, one in Scottish Gaelic, one in Irish and one in Manx Gaelic, which I'm working on. Um, and each of the musicians involved from the different countries has kind of um you know interpret the poem and set it to music and sung it as well so that's all being recorded i think at this stage and uh yeah i think we're all gonna come together at some point and there'll be a music video and like you said featuring um spoken word and um yeah i think it's just going to be a big celebration about 
you know, again, our similarities, the, the coming together of Scotland, Ireland and the Isle of Man, we have so much in common. Now, another funky thing that I absolutely love, and I think what a, what a gem for kind of spearheading making Manx language super accessible is some of your social media that you've recently um, got involved in and created. Just tell me a little yeah. bit about uh, what you're doing. Yeah, so um, I think it was actually last year in lockdown, I kind of set up um, kind of, this in, it started as an Instagram page, but it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's grown since that, but it's called Fogel Nacher, and that means a word or two in Manx Gaelic. And um, yeah, it's just about creating fun content in Manx. You know, we've got a, a fantastic team at Culture Vannin that do so much um, for, you know, learners, and they produce so much content and so many fab resources. Um, but yeah, I kind of just wanted to have a bit of fun with the language um, and do something quite organic. You know, um, I'm a young Manx Gaelic speaker, so um, that's kind of why I set it up. And yeah, there's just like a bunch of little Instagram reels. I do some TikToks, um, stuff like that. And it's just to, to try and engage folk in a different way uh, with the language. And recently... Um, we've done a little uh, TikTok slash Instagram reel series um, kind of called like Vocab 4. And so we did like Vocab for Fireworks Night, Vocab for a Night Out and uh, Vocab for a Lazy Sunday, I think, and uh, Vocab for Autumn. And uh, we got a, a Scottish Gaelic speaker and Irish speaker. And we just went through, uh, I had a bit of fun and um, kind of showed people what the different words for uh, for different things where so you know say for like a night out we we did a video and one of the words was like hungover and we did that into three languages um so, you know just like little uh, snippets of the language that people can you know hear and engage with super quickly uh, and yes yeah, so that was good fun Isla is also part of traditional band Trip. I highly recommend having a little listen and they are due to release their new album in 2022. They're currently leading a crowdfunding campaign just to get them right over the finish line for their album. And to find out more, just search Trip, that's capital T-R-I-P, on Facebook. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Have you heard of the Village Blinger? Well, now you have. Introducing Annie Eastham, local creative and queen of sparkles. Recently, it's all gone very sparkly in my world. I've been making sequin capes. I've been making crazy sunglasses and also just little sparkly, gorgeous little things just just to make you smile and happy. You're all about joy, aren't you, Annie? And uh, let's just take a big old leap back. So you do a lot of work with wool on the island. How did you find yourself in this glittery world? So wool is something that is quite a staple in my life and I do all the woolly things as well. But um, I think lockdown or the various lockdowns just... It all got a bit dark and a bit serious. And I think because I didn't get to any festivals, I kind of brought the festival bling to me. So it all started with collecting festival clothing. And I've always loved sunglasses and crazy sunglasses. So I started blinging up sunglasses and doing that with others as well. And just finding just fun things to do. Lockdown, I couldn't do anything creative because I was too busy. I had to homeschool, work from home you know deal with a lot of things as many did and it just nothing creative really happened in that time and so when we came out of those lockdowns various different ones 
it was like all systems go and it was like right I want to make some stuff and get some stuff ready and so yeah 2022 everything sparkly that I've been gathering it's coming out of the bag <laughs> it's going to be epic watch this space do you describe yourself as a bit of a hoarder yeah uh, yes it's a very good way to describe me Michelle <laughs> and I would say my husband would say exactly the same thing <laughs> the loft is it's getting slightly out of control at the moment but it's it's under, it's it's organized hoarding mm-hmm. yeah is say. there a system to the to the hoarding <laughs> there is a system to the hoarding there's a wool hoard and now there's a shiny sparkly hoard and a sequin festival fancy dress hoard as well but it's all very very worthwhile hoarding i'd say festival going talk to me about your love for that yeah uh well we've had a bit of a drought obviously because we haven't been able to travel or do anything and and I've not been to loads and loads of festivals, but the ones I have been to, and we've had some lovely local ones as well, I must say. I went to one a few years ago uh, called Shambhala uh, with some very good friends, and we we kind of went all out fancy dress. It was it was an epic moment, and I think yeah, there's probably quite a key moment in life there, and uh, often referred back to. So yeah, sparkles and festivaling you can kind of get away with anything yeah <laughs> talk to me about the two capes <laughs> so that we, we are cape. we are both wearing our little shoulder capes and they are a mixture of sequins and very shiny tassels um mm-hmm. around the edge so it's a capelet i would a say capelet. a capelet maybe and you can shimmy your shoulders and it's all very jolly but they are mainly made out of recycled clothing so i've i've again hoarding slightly on eBay looking for interesting fabrics out of children's clothes because you get some great colour combinations with kids' clothes and so I kind of, you know, buy them in and then we chop them up and then make them into something else. How did you come onto the idea of creating your capes? So the capes themselves happened in the summer. I was looking, um, I was looking for something to to wear because we were having a kitchen disco because we were we were coming out of lockdown. We said right, we need a party. Let's have a kitchen disco, which was fantastic. And I I had difficulty finding. I wanted a sequin cape, and they're, they're not that readily available actually, even on Etsy or anywhere like that. You know, you might find the odd thing, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Um, I think I eventually found something on Not on the High Street, but it was still a bit boring. So I thought, well, do you know what? I've got a sewing machine. I'm going to just make one. And I made one, and then I made four, and then we had the party, and everyone was like, actually, we'd all like that. Would you make me one? And so a few people bought one, which kind of started funding the, the habit. So <laughs> it's kind of progressed, and I've just carried on making them because they're really fun to make. And then you get a different combination, or then you know you find a longer sequin um, uh, tassel or something else. So there's still quite a lot of ideas in the bag. Can't stop, won't stop. early days, yeah, I would say. Talk to me about the initiative we're going to be launching in January. Yes, so this January we're going to put a bling out, a bit of bling out in the community. So at the beginning of 2021, we all went into lockdown and it it was all a bit grim. And I started a little sort of daily online post about positive affirmations. And a lot of people found it really useful. I certainly found it really useful because every day I would read a little positive affirmation that I'd put in a jar and a little piece of paper and it just helped me through the day because it was quite difficult some days and people really loved it and I kind of think with this January so 2022 I'm going to embody some of those positive affirmations into little shiny decorations I suppose so they'll have words on them and bling and there'll be little things that you can find somewhere in your village. The village bling is coming in 2022. <laughs> the village <laughs> bling is coming. I, I can't tell you how much I love that. So it's to inspire um, creativity, to yeah. encourage well-being. Yes. That particular project is all about well-being and 
self-care I think as well so the messages will always be about positivity always about love and joy and you know if you find one if you're lucky to find one you know keep it or maybe you don't need it at the time and give it to someone else who does uh, or keep it until someone else needs it I'm on Instagram uh, as Annie Easton yeah I just keep posting bits and pieces up the capes themselves just drop me an email or yeah I'm on messenger so it's it's all quite low-key at the moment and local yeah if you fancy a cape you need something for Christmas season then yeah you'll find me I've got quite a few made so that's quite handy if you're yes. in the market for anything remotely glittery <laughs> or you need a little bit of a boost yes get involved come on over yeah we can sort you out and that's it from me today thank you so much for joining me what a lovely program filled with music and joy Next week, I learn about the drag scene on the Isle of Man and we chat with progressive metal band Aeons. See you then.